Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. T-minus 20-some-odd games to go. We complain, we bitch, we moan. It's going to be over soon. So whatever you can find to enjoy out of it, do it. Because it's not going to be here much longer, Gary. It's... uh, about September. 35 days from now, I'll be upset that there's no more baseball for me to watch every night. Oh, you know? <laughs> so. it's, 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 it's crazy how that works. Like you get, you get even us, we get, you know, we hit these highs and lows and you're just, you're just over it. And then all of a sudden it's over. So, you know, yeah, I mean, and I'm going to, I saw a report come out from Jason Mackey. I guess that he was 99% sure Andy Haynes will be back next season. Hey, he's got he's got more connections than I do. So if he says that, okay. Um, much like with the Steelers, I really wanted them to fire Matt Canada. They didn't. I'm still going to watch. Still going to talk about it if they end up keeping him. But Jim, I have almost never been so convinced it was a huge mistake. <laughs> so I'm going to choose to not get mad about this until it's happened. But. When when yeah. we know that it's happened, I think you and I are going to spend a good long time going off on that in the off season. Yeah, you know, I saw that the ninety nine sticks out to you. Obviously, I saw it today. It, I didn't. I didn't have a huge reaction to it because I just know a lot of things can happen. I know once the dust settles on the season, things happen sometimes. Sure, we'll we'll see where it all falls. You made a great point with the Matt Canada thing with the Steelers. Now the Steelers have a little bit more leeway in the decision-making department for us to be patient about, but um, Hey, we'll see how that's going to work out too. So I don't know. We'll see. A lot can happen. Yeah. I mean, all I can really say is, you know, Jason and I didn't agree on how the Brian Reynolds situation would turn out either. And I, Listen, if I recall, he was pretty high up there on his estimation for how likely it was he was going to get traded. So things yeah. do change. It, and information, they get it's good as info. good as who's telling you. It. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say is like, you know, I mean, do, do you know, I mean, do people want to tell you what's really going on? I don't know. Jason's very good at his job. A lot very. of, you know, and, and people are well sourced. But, uh, hey, we've seen it all the time, you know, uh, beat writers and things of that nature. That's never going to happen. This is this guy's never going to get cut. This guy's, you know, and then turns around and it happens. So everybody's human. We'll see how it works out. Absolutely, man. I mean, you, you also never even know, like, when a team is trying to float a trial balloon. You know, maybe they want to see just how big the explosion might be if they do decide to do something that they know is unpopular already. Any of that can be true. So let's see before we choose to get real mad about it and waste a whole episode talking about it. Let's wait until we know for sure it's there. But something that other that people are getting needlessly mad about probably is all of the the cuts from the angels that went unclaimed by your Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm Mm-hmm. People were losing their minds about this, Jim. I never for about five seconds thought they were going to take any of these guys. And and really for the simple fact that it wouldn't really do them any good right now. You know, you're talking about like two or three starts at this point, if you were to take a starter like that. 
actually think they've kind of gotten it stabilized enough that I'm not even that worried about it right now with Jackson and, and Bailey Falter kind of feels like they're at least competent enough to get through the season in that regard. But I don't think it's about money. I think it certainly doesn't really help you with like any kind of next year contract stuff. That's, that's what I kept hearing. Oh, get, get Giolito in here and, and start talking to him about a contract. That's not how it works. He's not going to get traded here from his last trade, mind you. And he's struggling come in here and then you want him to what pitch for you? Or do you want him to sit down and talk to you? Cause most of them don't like talking during the season. And I'm going to go ahead and guess you'd actually do more to tick him off by keeping him from a playoff opportunity <laughs> than you would gain any kind of traction on extending him. I think when you think it all through, um, you know, they're just there's not a lot to gain from the player side of it um and i don't see that there is a huge gain for the pirates i i I lend zero credence to the whole get him in here and maybe he'll resign and whatever look if he comes in here and pitches well for a few starts he's going to use that to his advantage with anybody and everybody that he possibly can including the pirates he won't have any he's not going to have any um affinity for us Uh, loyalties to the pirates you know it's going to be used as a springboard if nothing else i i didn't see it as anything to get worked up about i know people do um i don't think it was about the money aspect of it and you're right it probably would tick somebody off if they thought they might be going to a, a a team that's in the race i hate I hate the practice in general. I don't like dumping players and it it can affect pennant races when you've played 140 some games. I don't like the practice. I think it sucks, but um, that they, that they didn't do it here in Pittsburgh. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. It doesn't bother me either. I, I think they're kind of starting to do okay. I mean, their last, what, 40 games here, 500. You know, now they're going to have to they're going to have to face the Braves and the Brewers coming up and and uh, look, they're going to get tested anyway. But yeah, it's gone better than I thought it would. Quite honestly, I thought it would be really gone better than it had any business going. Yeah, no, no starting rotation. And, you know, Jack Sawinski, like completely in in the tank, pretty much. So, yeah, it's. It absolutely has gone better than, than it really had any business going. That said, man, I just felt like people were just, they're on just another planet with this stuff. And and even Miguel Andujar, it's just calm down a bit. <laughs> like The guy can't play first base, not in the bigs. You don't want that. You just don't. You'd be a DH if anything. And then you're, you're blowing a 40 man spot for what? I just, I think think it's a waste of time to even think about. Well, I just think that like on the list of concerns and issues and problems, it's down far. And so, you know, what I would like to see is just, hey, just give me a stable lineup the last however many games we've got. Let certain tandems play. Um, Find out as much as you possibly can about who you already have. We're running out of time before we get to next year. 
and before the off season comes. So just, can we just please focus on that? That's my, that's what I want to see. Yeah. It's like we said a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Vinny Capra, it's at this point, if you're not answering questions, I'm not interested. You know, I want, I want you to answer things for next year. Yeah. It goes back to that. You're, you're still, you're still trying to sort some things out and all that to me just gets in the way of it and muddles what's already fairly muddled to an extent. Totally. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to shock you guys with, with a statement, I think, unless you've been watching me on Locked On all week, because <laughs> I've already said it there, but I'm going to say it here again. DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim, I promised shock and awe. Shock. Shock Shock away. So I'm going to say some words you don't hear here in Pittsburgh very often. And even if the team doesn't recognize them and act as such, the rebuild is over, my friend. The rebuild is over. The, the, The time period of bringing in prospects for veteran talent and trying to bolster up your farm system and get some talent up to the big leagues from that fountain of youth is over. It is now time to build on what you have rebuilt. We're entering a new phase this off season. And I think we should recognize that call this a a line in the sand. This is where the rebuild ends. Now it's time to build on top of it. How do you avoid fool's gold, Jim? Because for me, that's what somebody like Andre Jackson has a huge chance to be. And what I mean by that is not that he is a bad player, not that he can't make it, not that he can't factor in next year, not that he can't carry starts, not even that he can't win the position. But in the offseason, a guy like Andre Jackson who finishes strong like he looks like he's poised to, can often fool a team into thinking that they don't need to go out and get something that they really desperately do need to get. I think for this team to build now, they have got to make decisions that are painful like that. It's so funny you bring this, this, this up, Gary, because we've both been very busy this week. We haven't talked much at all. No. I was watching Jackson's last start and that thought was creeping into my head as he was pitching because to his credit, he's looked pretty darn good. Sure. Um, and I think 
most people would say he surprised them by, you know, his, his, he goes out there with a purpose. He pitches, he pitches well, he pitches smart. He's got good movement, all that stuff. That being said, my fear when I was watching it was, oh my goodness, if he plays well and pitches well this last month of the season, is this organization stupid enough <laughs> to take that and say, okay, we've got another piece. We don't have to make an, uh, we don't have to make a move right here. We've got something. And there's just a good chance that he regresses and is not capable of doing this long-term. I hope he does, but man, I hope they're not thinking that I, uh, but you know, you've got to worry about it a little bit. It scares me to death, man. And and it's not just him. I'm using him as an example because he's the, the latest flavor of the week, basically that, that has, to his credit, as you already mentioned, pitched very well. I think he has a chance to make a difference here. I really do. But to me, now that the rebuild is over, Jim, because the rebuild is over, it's time for the build. So when you show up for the build, you don't build a rotation or a roster on hopes and dreams. You build a roster on things that you feel have a very solid chance of contributing and being part of winning that year. So to me, I don't look at any parts of the rotation besides Mitch Keller and Johan Oviedo as guys that I am writing into my starting rotation next year. Yeah. If you want to keep him in the mix and say, okay, he finished strong. We, he might be a very valuable piece of an actual whole pitching staff that you could find a guy a place for a guy like that does does that happen around baseball absolutely we mm -hmm. you know we we even find people like that um so that's not uncommon it's just you can't possibly start looking at him as any kind of certain piece for that matter and, you can't look at somebody like paul skeens like that no. that's how deep i'm talking about here i don't even want like somebody that i consider to legitimately have a claim to be in the rotation next year. I don't want to go into it with that even as a lock that it's going to happen. I want them to fill this rotation. I want them to put two new pieces in there that we feel really good about and either force them to get beaten by pitchers that are just overwhelmingly looking like they need to be here. Paul Skeens comes to mind or Jared Jones, or Anthony Solometo. But I don't want to go into the season going, why do we need to get anybody? We're going to have Jones and Solometo and Skeens, right? Because it's rebuild. Yeah. That's not build theory. Or, or that you can somehow piece together the opener thing uh, more than what you're doing in the short term. I, I, you know, that, that part would even worry me is like, they have a great month of just doing this and thinking, well, we'll supplement it that way if we need to, man, yeah. you gotta, you, you, you gotta get serious about it. And I just, you know, it, that's the big question. Everybody doubts, everybody wonders, 
Um, people are skeptical about it. I've pointed to this off season as, you know, TikTok. It's time. Yeah. And I think that to me, that's why I, I want to make such a big point of moving out of this, what people see as never ending rebuild, because to me, the rebuild ends once you have done what you set forth to do. You, you brought in young talent and you've brought up enough of that young talent that most of your roster is now made of it. Of course, they have to develop and grow here at, at the league level. But when we talk about augmenting that team, I just don't want to stop short. I don't want to go, oh, well, the outfield's fine. You know, Josh Palacios did a great job this year. Nah, yeah, I don't want to yeah. hear that. Now, somebody like Connor Joe did a good job, but I don't want to think that he's okay to cover first base on his own. I certainly don't want to see his name on the opening day lineup card for first base. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I think- mean by don't stop short. Don't get sold for fool's gold. Make sure that you're actually going out and trying to build this team now. And Yeah. And I think what you end up seeing um, among the fan base, some of it is the bar has been so lowered mm-hmm. that all of a sudden people are still saying things like that, which is, hey, Josh Palacios, Palacios isn't great, but he's okay as my fourth outfielder. And I'm thinking, no, like we can't, we can't do that. Like we've got to make upgrades. And I think people or you'll see the Connor Joe and platooning him and getting somebody else in there at first base to, to, to me, it's just, we have to start raising the bar. Will they do it? No, but should they be called out on it if they're not doing it? And should we be telling people exactly what they should be doing or what we think they should be doing? Absolutely. It's time to not settle for that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a line of sanity out there, you know, where I'm going to be mad if they don't go and get somebody like uh, Pete Alonzo versus I'll be mad if they think that it's okay to just keep Revis and Joe. You know, there's a there's an in between there, <laughs> yeah, you're, right? You're not saying Blake Snell and Pete Alonzo, right? Um, I could, you could. They have the money; those those might help more than anything else. But I just think what's important is to understand that you don't go into a season, in my mind, with two starters you feel really good about. And three question mark slots that could be filled by very competent players. I want to see Jared Jones. So, I mean, I I feel like I have to reinforce this so people don't think I'm prospect hating. It's not that. It's that I don't want to go in and go, well, we're going to have Mike Burroughs this year. And then, oh, no, we don't. Right. And I don't want to go in and go, well, Quinn Priestrell will figure it out. Over the-. I don't want to count on that. I want to make him force his way onto the team. And, and what, I w- what I would challenge people to do is, you know, we're, we're coming up on 
It's a lot of close races. Playoffs aren't far away. You know, when you sit there and you talk about the Pirates and you want to make certain assessments of where they are or somebody's just fine or whatever, watch some of these teams that once we get to the postseason and then ask yourself if those guys are fine if you ever want to be able to play with the guy with the teams you're watching. Right. And, and the answer to that is most likely going to be no, there has to be improvement, you know? Um, so I, again, I talk about this all the time, getting outside of that Pittsburgh pirate bubble um, that we, that we all tend to get into, but I think some people are just, that's what they pay attention to and whatever. Right. You, you got to look around, man. You got to look at rosters and you got to look at the things that, when you're watching a game and they've got pitching and they've got guys on the bench, do you think the guys that we're talking about or that people are saying, Oh, he's good enough. He'll be fine. Are they probably not? Right. I mean, I think there there's that. And then there's, there's the fear of asking for, for things that actually might help. You know, I think a lot of people, sell themselves on being okay with just seeing what a bunch of kids end up doing once you get to a certain point because they've been let down so much and they don't want to be wrong and they don't want to look silly and they don't want to go out there and make suggestions that everyone's going to laugh at them for. I get that. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just saying, look at the team, understand that we are now in a different time frame. That's yeah. all. I know a lot of you wanted it to be this year. It wasn't going to be this year. I told you it wasn't going to be this year. I'm not going to rehash that stuff, but we knew it wasn't going to be Jim. We said it back in tw- when they were 20 and eight. We said, this is not the year yet. You can tell it just isn't there. The pitching staff wasn't set up to, to last the season. Back then, you and I were both very worried that Rich Hill would even go another nine weeks. <laughs> so we knew this was it, like not going to happen. At the same time, we did think there was reinforcements coming. Turns out, well, two guys we really counted on, well, they took big step back this year. You know, Ortiz and Contreras, that screwed a lot of things up. I think if mm. they had looked like horses, we'd be having a completely different conversation. It would be a it's no all, doubter that next year they're going to be in it. It's all it takes is Rowanzi, Ortiz, and Burroughs situation. That's all it takes uh, for a team that's operating with a very thin margin of error to begin with. And I want to go back to one other point, too, and you mentioned this. And I think people just have to look. Just get over it. People are going to suggest things on Twitter. doesn't mean they think they're going to do these things. It means that they should do them. There's a For big some distinction. of them anyway, yeah. Yeah, there's a big distinction there. And sometimes you just have to be able to tell people, hey, clown, I'm not saying they're going to do any of this, but this is the, this is the bar that they should be shooting for. Right. And it's okay to talk about both. And right. I think people get, they get, they get mocked and ridiculed for that. And the fact of the matter is, say what's on your mind. It's, you know, I mean, as long as you keep it somewhere within the stratosphere of reality, I don't have an issue with it. No, I, I don't either. I, but I think it's time to challenge the team a little bit more next oh, year. For like, sure. I'm not going to sit around and just pretend that I'm happy with status quo. 
I really, there, there's time for seeing what you have. There's time for evaluation. There's time for development. That stuff's all going to happen anyway. No matter what they come out of spring with, those kids are going to end up playing if they're, if they're worth their salt. You know, if Nick Gonzalez is good, don't worry about him being blocked. He'll make that block go away if he performs. The well, way all he you should. have, to, yeah, and all you have to do is look. And the, the the reason you know that time is now ticking, Reynolds is under contract. Mm-hmm. Hayes is under contract. They probably are going to try to get Keller signed. We'll see how that goes. You've now called up other guys where the clock has started to tick. It's it's here. It's just uh, what are you going to do with it now that it's here? Yeah, there's because no turning those, back. No. We went with a youth movement this year. That again, I hate to like just sound like a broken record. That ends the rebuild. Sorry, it does. The clock has started on way too many of these prospects for you not to say it starts. Just because clock. the pitching didn't time up with it doesn't mean that it didn't start. It did. Yep. And we and, and go back to the whole thing is when all this, you know, uh, regime changed and um, we talked about the whole uh, issue of the term appropriate that I have from the very beginning, which is in the eye of the beholder, which is um, uh, Bob Nutting and uh, his underlings, which is that, 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 that they would spend when the time was appropriate. Well, they can decide whatever that is. But I think to me and you that that's pretty clear that it's got to start happening this offseason. Yeah. And I think to a degree, bro, they spent this last offseason. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying you are. I'm saying we have. Levels. We have a realization here. Okay. This is already a little different. They knew they weren't ready. They still spent some money. You know, they spent $8 million on Rich Hill. So my point is, it shouldn't be that out of the realm of possibility that they might spend 12 to 14 to bring in Jack Flaherty for a few years. You know what I mean? Like, these are reasonable asks when you're at this point. And it's their own fault, their own doing, that they don't have more pitchers that you could put in pen for next year. They have Keller and, Ovi- and Oviedo. And I got to be honest, on a lot of teams, Oviedo would still be a question. Think about it. The Yankees can barely muster using Luis Severino all year. And he's probably got a better track record than Louis- than Oviedo does. Right yeah, now. I mean, uh, Oviedo is somebody that I think both me and you from the beginning thought that there might be a little something there. Yeah. Um, and I think over the season, he's proven that he's plenty capable. Yep. A, a whole year under his belt doing it. He's, he, you know, if nothing else, he's a back end of the rotation innings eater that can go out there on certain nights and be lights out. Um, but again, are you ready to just say he's totally, totally without worry that, I mean, how could you, after what you've seen happen to Rowanzi? Yeah. 
I, my point for bringing up Oviedo in that light is to say, I'm already being generous by giving you Oviedo. I'm already being generous with my own standards here to tell you <laughs> Oviedo is in it. So don't stretch it. That's what I'm saying. Don't BS a BSer. Don't sell me Andre Jackson next year in spring training as a ready-made starter. I don't want that. I want him to have a chance to earn it. I want him to have a chance to maybe not make it and wind up in long relief and then work his way back into it or go yeah. to AAA and earn it. But don't don't make that like the default now. Don't buy into three or four weeks of Ortiz and expect that next year he's going to come in in shape and ready to go. And, you know, no, dude, listen, throughout this whole thing, as much as much as the hitting has struggled at times, I've always, always been more worried about the pitching because I just feel like you can get by a little bit without hitting if you've got a good enough pitching staff to do it, I don't know that the, 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 it works in reverse in my, right. in my opinion, right. You know, at some point you have to be able to get guys out. Yeah. And, and you'd love to sign a guy. Like we talked about Flaherty. I'm thinking like two, three years with him, pick a guy, Lorenzen. Say you get Lorenzen for a year for 10 million. You want Contreras to kick his butt. That's what you want. Then when then you can trade him if you like, because <laughs> he and got beaten out. It's right. a different conversation. That's and maybe all. that's and and you br- you you brought up Ortiz several times here because of you know the the rumblings that maybe he's not you know the hardest working guy in in the room. Well, you know what? You have to find out about that mm-hmm. if he's just not committed fully then figure it out pretty quick because that tends to he he ain't he ain't got that stuff like that to get by on a guy that's not really you know going to be fully committed and on top of it if you bring in other people to push him maybe that's what he needs maybe maybe he's not a guy that you just can hand it to and say eh, he'll figure it out he's got good stuff yeah that said well, I want them to go out and fill that stuff. I don't want to forget about these prospects. Like Quinn Priester right now is down in AAA, spinning everything he throws and using his superior wicked breaking stuff to, to strike out guys left and right in AAA to get himself out of trouble and rack up decent numbers and have Yinzer's droll because they think he's ready now because they're, they're not watching the games. They're seeing a, bo- a box score that says Quinn Priester did good. The Pirates need to challenge Quinn Priester to improve on what he needs to improve on, and that is his fastball and his fastball command and his fastball deception. Yep. And if they're not going to do that, they're wasting a talent down there. That's all I'm saying. Just because you fill this roster, which they appropriately should, doesn't mean that you stop trying to train these guys 
you should be constantly training the next guys. Do you think WWE just has their stars and they sit around? Or do you think they got guys off on another side ring they're trying to drum up a gimmick for and get them ready to take into prime time and take down one of these old guys? Well, you're, that's what you're, you want to happen. Yeah, you're right about this. If they're if you go down there and you just start relying on what worked before at that level, you're probably going to have success again. Um, they should be beating that into someone like Priester, and I hope that they are. Which is, man, you've got to improve on on this. This is probably good enough, but without this, it's probably not going to work, man. We've already seen that. You've already seen it. Yep. And it's not, and Gary too, like, yeah, sometimes people get very mad when you start talking about a prospect poorly. Yep. It's not that we don't think that there's anything there. It's just that you can't count on it. It's not that you're disregarding them, but with you can't ignore, prospect, you can't ignore yeah. the, the flaming red warts either. Right. And, and you just can't, you don't dismiss prospects just because they're prospects. You just can't count on them. And, and, and if you've been around the Pirates long enough, and I don't know if this is a recent thing with this new rebuild and, and a lot of the younger crowd, man, if you count on prospects and you're already banking on them, it's, you're going to have a, a long, miserable life because most of them aren't going to work out. And I would say right now, I totally agree with you. In 2020, not so much. In 2020, yeah, kick the tires on whoever you want. Whatever. I get it. Your core isn't here. You don't have all these kids up here. It's going to eventually have to be kids up here. Why not these kids? Right? right. And then 2021, better kids, maybe. Here's a couple better kids coming in. Okay, maybe. Now we're getting into the point where, I'm sorry, I want my AAA team to be poised to win a championship down there. Because they're all blocked up. You better see a lot of killers. Yeah. That's so. uh, that's the, that's got to be the goal. And then you have a phenom maybe just shoot up like Skeens, and he gets to skip all that. Fine. But don't count on it. That's all I'm saying. Don't buy fool's gold, Ben Sherrington. Don't do it. I don't think. I, I would find it hard to believe that Sherrington sits here today. As we sit here today, and he looks around and thinks it's enough. He can't. He can't possibly. He cannot possibly. And if you look at what other teams either that are established or, or organizations that are coming on right now hard and fast, you cannot, you cannot possibly compare it and say, no, I think we're okay. We're just going to stay the course. Yeah, that's got to be over now, man. That's just all there is to it. It has to be over. You want guys like Bailey Falter and Jackson Wolf and Andre Jackson to a degree. You want those guys replacing Cam Aldred and, you know, your Cam views of the world back in the day and your Cody Boltons. You're upgrading your depth with guys like that. And hoping that they become more than depth one day, but again, not counting on it. That's the distinction that has to happen this offseason as we transition from rebuild to build. 
That's, all. That's, why, that's why I kept saying this offseason to me is so crucial in seeing what the mindset is. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I, I obviously I want to watch more baseball, but I'm also just, man, Gary, I think me and you could have a really interesting offseason, which could tend to be a down downtime. Yeah. But we're going to have something to talk about one way or the other. That That's for sure. It's either going to be positive or it's going to be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. And let's talk to Robbie here. He says, would the Cardinals rather have Jack Flaherty or Johan Oviedo moving forward? Well, Rob, they'll have neither because <laughs> Flaherty is in Baltimore and the Cardinals move on from guys when they're ready to move on from guys. Not when, not when they just feel like it. <laughs> they're, they're done with him. And Johan Oviedo, I'm sure they wish they didn't move him, quite honestly. But you're going to do that sometimes, and Quintana helped them get into the playoffs. Yeah, so. that's just it. Like, you have to look at the situation of, yeah, in a perfect world, would they probably have liked to kept Oviedo around? Yeah, absolutely. But they right. were trying to win. So, you know, that's the point you want to be able to get to where right. you have a guy like Oviedo and you can say, now, you know, they're paying for it this year. But do we expect that to last? I don't. I think that the, nah. they'll recover. But like, those are the guys as, you want to have. As far as Flaherty not being good since 2019, you're, you're absolutely right. But I think Oscar Marin has had a lot of success um, with veteran pitchers, you know, tweaking them a little bit and getting them where he wants them to be. And one thing Flaherty has never stopped doing is eating innings. And I love the idea of having that. And again, I eventually want him beaten. I want somebody to turn him into Steven Metz. I want somebody to push him out of the way. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. So, hey, let's take another break, Jim. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit about where we are record-wise, where we're going, and you know, some interesting scenarios for how that could shake out here. Like I th it's pretty safe to say we're going to have a better record this year. How much Let's, better? Are we going to talk about the, your your poll or no? Are we leaving that off this week? Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit, and we'll okay. probably talk about the RSNs a little bit and things like that too. Okay, sounds good. It has to sound good because I'm right about to push the button. DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. We're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Uh, again, just want to remind everybody that all the content is free now on DK Pittsburgh Sports. So definitely head over there. Ton of pit coverage coming your way with my man, Corey, who I do the H2P podcast with. Uh, we're trying to do that every Wednesday night now. So um, 
get a little more consistent with it. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know, um, football's cranking up here, and I am excited for Pitt. And we've got a lot of um, rivalry games coming up with Penn State, West Virginia, Pitt, West Virginia. You guys are going to have a lot to talk about. Absolutely, man. So, hey, hit subscribe, follow, like this show. Do all kinds of cool stuff for us on Apple Podcasts and, and be neat to us. And we'll keep putting nice. out as much content as we can. So, Jim, we have 28 games left. Mm-hmm. One more, and they tie last season's um, win total. I like to think they're going to get that this weekend at least. So <laughs> be nice to, it'd be nice to go into the, the tougher, that six, seven game stretch against the Brewers and Braves with a little momentum for sure. Right. And again, as bad as things have looked at the starting rotation and some, some players that have really, really struggled last 40 games, somehow, some way they squeaked out a 500 record. Not bad. Um, we have to go nine and 19 to hit 70 wins. That sounds doable to me. How about you? I would, I would think that that would be disappointing to finish nine and 19. I, I think, would think um, so too, but I'm saying like from an overall record standpoint, that's 70, which I think was a minimum plateau that you and I pointed out at the beginning of the season. I mean, I believe I said 74 wins or 75. One of those two is the one I predicted. Yeah. I got to go back and look too. Cause everyone's talking about their predictions and I'm like, I don't remember mine. Oh dude, I'm <laughs> even worse than you. Cause I wrote it somewhere. Okay. Well, so, it's somewhere, yeah. but I, I, I think I said 73, but yeah. we'll, I'll go look. So if they get to that point, it's going to be real hard for me to be mad about it. They kind of did what I said. Right. And, and I think next year, 500 is bare minimum and they should challenge for a wild card. So, so far I'd have to say, even if it doesn't look the way I wanted it to, it's on track. You know, it certainly played out weirdly, <laughs> you know, how it all would happen. Um, but I think if you would have posed it to most r- rational fans, just that were that were looking at 2024 realistically, I think if someone would have said, hey, if they were 74 or 75 and 87 or 86, somewhere in there, would you be? encouraged by that i think most people would say yes you're always going to have people say no it's just not good enough okay it's not but would you be encouraged by it i think i think most people would have said yes it just played out very strangely how it happened in in the 20 and 8 i think you know probably drew in some eyes that would have just averted their the entire season had had they not done that um that said, it's part of the entire story, and I don't. You know, you can't flush that any more than you can flush five hundred in the last forty games. Any more than you can flush these last twenty-eight games, right. whatever well, they te- are. Te- teams, you know, if you look at teams um, throughout the season, it's a long damn season. Right. You you, you typically have them if you've had a a a a decent season, you've typically had a month that probably carried you a little bit. Um, So ours came. The Dodgers are having one right now. Yeah. Well, the Dodgers seem to have more of them than most, but no, I just think that like, you're right. Like they all do count to some extent. Yeah. Like the Phillies are having one right now. 
they're on one of the hotter streets. They, they just set a major league baseball record for home runs in the month of August. I mean, Philadelphia is coming on at the right time, just like they did last year, which is kind of a, a skill set in and of itself, isn't it? Sure. Look at the, the Mariners. Twin, yeah, the Twins are hot. The Mariners are hot. Um, and then some teams that really, really tried to make a move just cratered. You know, absolutely cratered. Like the Pirates, good shot to finish with a better record than the Padres. And the Padres didn't sell off. I saw the Padres. We've talked about this before. Did you see their record in one-run games and extra inning games this year? No. It's, I think they're 0-11 in extra inning games and like horrifically bad in one-run games. It is the difference. It is the difference all day long in baseball is how can you, do, do you win close games? Yeah, they, they've been a hard team to figure all year because I've never had my team line up against them this year and felt like I, like like the Pirates had a claim to that game. And I don't care if Keller was starting. I don't care who was starting. I never felt like in a good place for that game. And they've just whipped their butts. Like I, I think what you and I said a while ago, like Kim should never look like the most impressive player on that team. But he does. And and it it just speaks to want to, man. It's just it's a poorly constructed team. That's the best way I can put it. Well, we've seen that and you see it every year is where you've just you just you compile talent. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily always translate. Now, would I like to be in a position where I as a fan of my team, if we compiled talent and it doesn't work right yeah because at least it means you're out there trying to make the effort to do it so um let's see we thoughts on why we stink in extra innings i think we stink in extra innings because we are exceptionally stubborn and bad about playing small ball and in extra innings under rob manfred and his ghost runner system if you don't know how to move a runner over every time from second base, you are not going to score that one run that you have to score. Yeah. You can't have an inning go by where you don't put in that one guy. And teams aren't really pl- and teams are playing right away to try to win it. So like there's not going to be any 13, 14, 15 inning games. You don't have the pitching f- for it anymore. Um, you haven't set up the game that way anymore. Like as you're playing that particular game with pinch hitting and available guys out of the pen and whatever. So you better figure out a way to win it right away. And yeah, you can use your closer in the ninth or the 10th or whatever, however you want to try to do it. But you're right, Gary, it comes down to, can you situationally get that run in, in a variety of ways? And right. the Pirates are, have just been piss poor at it. They and really they have. Really have. And these things have a tendency to even out too. They'll find. They'll come up with a way, like where somebody becomes a good bunner, and and that's a bench player probably. Like Alika Williams comes to mind. He's a guy that could sit on your bench most of the time. He's your Raphael Belliard. He's your, you know, whoever was backing up Jordy Mercer there for a while. <laughs> And he comes off the bench and he can bunt on occasion and in extra innings if that's what you want to do. But the real 
thing they need to work on is something that a hitting coach would have to instruct. So not to rehash, but we'll move on from that. Speaking of winning this whole regional sports network thing, Jim. Mm -hmm. So the, the penguins, I guess are, are just camping on with FSG, which fine. I think we knew that was going to happen. And they're going to have their, they're basically taking over AT&T Sportsnet. The Pirates, they haven't decided yet what they're doing. Their options are to either camp on with the Penguins and take whatever that offer would be, which I would imagine would be less than what they're getting now, but they don't get nearly as much as people think in the first place. And uh, they could go with MLB, have MLB pay 80%. But I'm not sure how long that really could last. In fact, I think that would probably end at the next CBA. I've complained about a lot of things about Bob Nutting, but one of the things that I complain about most, Jim, is that he's not a good businessman. I talked about how he doesn't build around the, the, the stadium, and they're just starting to do that now. They don't own any of their parking. I don't see that being fixed anytime soon. So there's a lot of revenue streams they miss out on. To me, selling their rights for TV coverage back to MLB would be a poor business decision. I would prefer seeing the Pirates keep their rights, produce their own games, find their own cable network or channel locally to cover those games and and control that a little bit and ultimately, I think, come out on top. Because the Yes Network isn't going away. And they will lose that CBA battle. It's very hard to know exactly what's coming down the road Um, and how badly they lose it. If there are any gains to be made there, I think baseball's got a, a big problem here. It's not just the pirates that are dealing with it. And there may be more coming. So, it's just so hard for me to um, know which way it's going to go when that CBA is how many years down the road still, you know, not as long as you think 2027 brother. No, but yeah, but I mean, posturing for it next year. But if you're entering into some type of long-term deal, man, I just, I, I, and I think baseball knows it's got a big problem coming, but I don't know that anyone knows how to fix this. Nope. I agree with you. That's why I think I would probably rather control my own destiny if I were Bob Nutting, you know, invest some money in, in doing this right, buy what you need to buy from AT&T Sportsnet as far as equipment and, and personnel goes and start something yourself. That seems to me the best w- the best course of action if you really want to like make something of it. Because um, again, I don't know how a sports league is going to to force somebody like the Yes Network to shut their doors. They're making money. They're doing well. You know, FS FSG's got a successful partnership with the Red Sox and everything. They're doing fine owning their own. So I th- I think like to me camp on with the penguins and continue to get the draw from them that you've gotten for years on whatever they call it I forget I think they already named it but uh, Sportsnet Pit or something Pittsburgh Sportsnet or Sportsnet something like that yeah. Pittsburgh camp on with them 
or go it alone. But I, I really don't like the idea of casting your lot with MLB, if only because I think it goes away in a couple of years. Yeah, you don't know what's going to come of that. And, um, you know, 80% of what you were previously getting, that doesn't thrill me. It's not great timing. I can say that much for the Pirates. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that reverberates through upstairs for them, but it shouldn't at all yet. We're not to that point. It shouldn't. If their payroll was right now, like 130 million, I would tell you to probably look for some cuts. They're not anywhere near where it's not concern yet. So I guess like this was a topic like you and I kind of talked about, do we even want to discuss it? Cause we're really not going to have an answer here. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is we're going to have to wait and see. It's one of the questions I get asked the most, like, where am I going to be able to find the pirates? All I can really tell you is the same thing I told, I could have told you six months ago. What next April, you are going to turn on a TV channel and they're going to be on it. And I don't know how that's going to come to be, but it will. will. They're not, it's not going to get to that point. Someone they'll, they'll figure out a way to, um, make some money off of it it's just um bigger picture storm clouds ahead this affects the game i think though yeah yeah the game more than the pirates yeah yeah that's what i'm saying yeah for the game and um it i did say a long time ago that this issue jim would be what drives this league towards a salary cap because what's prevented it is the local TV money. And now that the local TV money is going away and or conglomerating, you will be left with, with stations like the Yes Network and the Dodgers have their own situation going on and Boston has one and there's a couple others out there. But for the most part, they're all regional sports networks on cable. And they're all threatened or endangered species. They're all going to go away. Now, once all that stuff conglomerates into Major League Baseball, well, now there's no strategic advantage from TV money anymore. Now it literally is just market size, right? And real market size. Right. That's the perfect open door for everybody to come together and realize, hey, we can make more money if we all row in the same direction than we can if we don't. Or if you get enough teams hurting in the short term to start building that pressure that I don't think is there yet and nobody is willing to um, have a knife fight in the mud yet. Um, But eventually that's going to happen. It's going to affect enough teams where the few that don't want to change it anymore they sh- they should feel that they are they are in trouble. That may be a while down the road, but there's a few, but there aren't eight. You got to have yeah. eight to stop anything. So yeah. that's why I think like come 2027, enough of these teams are, and networks are going to be in trouble, and enough of them will have taken MLB's Kool Aid, and that in and of itself, that 80 percent figure is going to get threatened. I think you'll, you'll see that's something that, that they can potentially come around. And at least it's going to be a real fight this time. It, it, it almost would have to be because then people, then people look, 
that's when it gets really nasty, really nasty. You're talking about a lot of money on the table that should be there or is available. Some people don't want to give it up. Yeah. The haves and the have nots. I mean, and it's going to widen a little bit here short term at least. Yeah, I would agree with that. So that's all I got on the, on the regional sports networks. I wish I, I had more answers. I just don't. Yeah, it's just, you know, we talked about it. It's just to me, it's something that's something we got. We're going to have to keep an eye on and it's going to affect everybody, not just Pittsburgh. Um, so as a baseball fan, you know, keep an eye on it. We'll see how the Pirates go. I tend to think they are going to go the MLB route, but. I think they will too, Jim. And, and the sad reason is I think it's because it's the easiest. Well. I wish there was a way for them to um, – I hope they're not thinking too too short-term, but, you know, that's easy. Who knows what the commissioner's selling them to? The Padres sure made that deal quickly. And they, I do consider them to be very smart at the outside investments. They, they've built up their area around the stadium really well. They own almost 100% of the parking. They, they rake in money left and right from all those entities and business ventures they've taken out there. It's actually why they've been able to outspend their, their market size, to be honest with you. Yeah. They're good business people. And they handed over the keys to the kingdom to Major League Baseball in a country second. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that's because they got caught flat-footed, you know, and, and maybe that's just Major League Baseball helping them out the rest of the season, and next year they'll figure something out on their own. I don't even know if that's how it works. Maybe they'll let you back out. I don't know. Right. So, I mean, there's an awful lot that I just am unclear, and I it's not for lack of trying, man. I've read just about everything there is. Heck, I even got a trial to the athletic to read a story. Oh, and I don't want to read the athletic. I just, I did. You know what I mean? I could have done something dangerous, like saw a Mark Caboli piece or something. Well, you don't want to do that. (laughs) You don't want to do that. Um, It'll just be interesting because, like, I want to see what happens to salaries, too, over these next, like, three or four years. Like, where is that at? Was that enough to get the player's attention? What are they gonna? What what's gonna happen with the players union if that's not escalating like they think it should? But there are teams that are getting starting to get affected by this. Just man, it's gonna be fascinating and infuriating. But there's so many th- levels to this that are yet to play out. Dude, one of the coolest stories to watch next year, I think, the, in this off season in particular, is going to be: Did the Mets and Padres teach anybody a lesson? about spending a ton of money on aging and older free agents and expecting them to <laughs> contribute the way they did when they were 30. I think there's always going to be a guy out there that buys a team or gets a wild hair up his ass and thinks that he can do it. Um, but yes, cautionary tales. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Um I think probably one of the hotter free agents on the market is going to be Cody Bellinger. And I don't think he'll sign with the Cubs, although I think he should because that ballpark plays perfectly for him, whether he knows it or not. I mean, it's a perfect ballpark for Cody Bellinger. And there's the 
perfect amount of pressure to playing for the Cubs there for him. What I, I, I could see him going back to an, an LA team or New York and, and everything kind of hitting the fan for him again. So. He's, a, he's a fascinating contract to watch over the off season. He really is. It's going to be a bellwether. Yes, because of the downs that he has had, but this year, how well he's played. He's a free agent. He's a Scott Boris client, so you already know he's going to be asking for 10 years. And the the, the ask price is going to be astronomical. What are teams willing to pay him? Gary, did you see how many RBIs he has in August? No, I didn't. 31. Wow. That's (laughs) almost almost as good as Cabrian has been <laughs> you want to talk about playing playing it right though from yeah. uh you know so um yeah so it's going to be an interesting off season we have a long way to go yet 28 games left enjoy them because you will miss baseball as jim and i said at the very beginning of the show you will miss it and and this is fun watch the kids man like a lot of them henry davis is going to come back real soon here from the il i'm sure and I know they're starting to actually show us O'Neill Cruz doing some stuff now, Jim. So I wouldn't be shocked if we get a week or two here at some point, the way they get him running with resistant bands and stuff like in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, maybe Nick Gonzalez, you might see him again. You could, um, you could see Jared I, Triolo again. I think uh, you'll probably see Rowanzi here again and Quinn Priester again. So, you're going to get a good taste of, of some more youth here and plenty of opportunity for anybody to become that fool's gold that I fear so, so much, but just yeah. know the difference, know the difference between fool's gold and a prospect that is ready for a real opportunity. That's all. Fans need to know the difference. The pirates need to know the difference more importantly. Yeah. And that's the thing we can't diagnose. We're going to nope. find out this off season. That's why it's going to be great. And Jim, we suffered for a while to get here. So let's enjoy it, man. And uh, yeah. let's have fun with it. Yeah. I, I Look, as you go down through this last month here of September, um, let's see how Cabrian finishes out the season. Let's see how Reynolds finishes out. We might get Cruz, like you said, for a little, a little peak. Um, you're going to get a look at some guys coming back up that maybe it didn't go so well the first time. So, you know, there's plenty here to um, let's see how Oviedo finishes out the year. Um, so they're largely playing good ball. So, yeah. And Sawinski too. I mean, like, yeah, Jack is poised right now to just tear the Cardinals apart. He just hit a home run. (laughs) Now he almost hit one the night before. You, You know, as well as I do, he's poised to go on one of those five, six home runs in a weekend type bender and if he i almost want just for the sheer entertainment of it for the off season for him to put together a scorching hot month of september (laughs) and then just the total mind f that will be for everybody absolutely the rest of the way absolutely i'll tell you what you would feel a lot better about the outfield though if he and g1 bay took off bay's another one yep yeah there's a lot of really interesting things to watch here yet and we're going to talk about them all that's enough for today Let's get out of here. Yeah. Let's let our good friend Ben take it away like he always does. And I'll say it for you guys watching on video. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks!